Welcome to Healthcare Experience Matters. This podcast is brought to you by the Healthcare Experience Foundation. And with today's episode, we're teaming with PRC. This podcast is dedicated to transforming the healthcare experience so that every person can receive and deliver the best care. Well, we have a long-time Healthcare Experience Matters contributor back with us today, although it's been almost about a year and a half since we last checked in with her. Katrina Coleman joins us today, Leadership and Engagement Strategist with Maryland Healthcare Education Institute. Katrina, for those who have never met you before on our podcast, why don't you just remind us who you are and what you do? Absolutely. Thanks for having me back, Casey. Um, My background is in nursing. Uh, Being a nurse is all I ever wanted to do since I was eight years old and got the nurse's kit for Christmas. True story. So healthcare is the only industry I've ever known. Um, I've not been a bedside nurse in a number of years because I discovered that once you are a good nurse, the same way with any other discipline in healthcare, you can get promoted into leadership. And leading people and being an exemplary employee at your art, your craft, your discipline, again, no matter if it's nursing or dietary or security, you get promoted into leadership without skills because you haven't learned them. So I've been in leadership development with MHEI for the last, oh my gosh, 12 years. And my role in the company is to provide leadership development training for healthcare leaders. So we do anything from doing a needs assessment to doing training programs, one-on-one coaching. So it's been my privilege for a number of years just to see the growth in healthcare leaders. So that's a little bit about me. That is great. And this time we're going to be talking about building trust with Mm -hmm. patients. Mm -hmm. Before we dive into that, let's back up a minute and just define trust or Mm -hmm. define, you know, how would you define patient trust? Mm -hmm. Oh my gosh, that's a great question, Casey. So thank you. Patient trust looks like I, as the patient, trust that that physician or healthcare provider has my best interest at heart to achieve my healthiest outcomes that I can get. So I've got to walk into that believing that that provider's got my best interest. And as we're going to discuss, that's been challenged a lot the last few years. Yeah, no question. And I love getting into it because, first of all, defining trust helps establish everything. Now that we've done that, and it makes total sense to me, what are the consequences of a patient not fully trusting their provider? What impact can that have on outcomes? Um, If I don't trust that my provider has my best interest at heart, how likely am I to follow the healthcare plan, the treatment plan? So when I don't trust, it decreases my compliance or my adherence to the healthcare plan. Research has even shown that I, as the patient, if I don't trust, I might not tell the provider everything. Maybe I'm not going to share all of my symptoms and what I'm doing health-wise because I don't trust what they'll do with that information. We've not established that relationship. This is a relationship between one human being and a provider, and relationships are built or broken on trust. So it's like any other relationship in your life. If you're not trusting that person, you may not be vulnerable with them. So there's absolutely research that shows there's a decrease in my compliance or adhering to the treatment plan. 
there's a decrease in my satisfaction. And there's a link between my trusting the provider and my trusting the healthcare system as in general. It's been interesting because nursing or nurses are one of the most highly trusted professions. And lately, the trust with providers, physicians, advanced practice providers has been eroding. And part of that's because the patient associates a provider with a healthcare system. And just as trust is eroding in so many other things, the government, the media, socioeconomic status and times, trust is eroding in healthcare. So when I don't trust, again, I may not follow that treatment plan. I may not be vulnerable and share everything. Um, and it affects my health outcomes. And it increases cost if I'm not achieving the best outcome. So it increases cost. And it also, believe it or not, causes physician burnout because they struggle when I'm not complying, when they don't feel as if they're making a difference in my life or influencing me. So there's a high cost to not trusting, both from the human perspective and an organizational and revenue perspective. Can you discuss strategies or advice you have for building trust with patients? Mm -hmm. And as we talked about earlier, establishing those strong relationships. You know, historically, um, providers are known to interrupt a patient 15 seconds into the interaction with the patient. And research has shown that when it comes to trust, the number one thing, the number one reason that trust is eroding with physicians or providers is the lack of time. And that conflicts with providers needing to get through a certain number of patients every day. And so providers may be walking in that room, whether it's an inpatient room at a hospital or it's an outpatient visit or it's a visit in a skilled nursing facility already with a to-do list in their mind. Here's the checklist that I need to talk about with this patient. And so, and I'm interrupting them the first 15 seconds of the interaction. So the, my number one piece of advice is start with introducing yourself. It sounds silly, but it works. Be making eye contact. Don't be looking at your notes or your PC or your laptop. Ask open-ended questions. That's where you start. Don't start with coming in and giving directives. So start with that relationship building piece. So actively listen. Communicate well. Communicate often. Sometimes we have to watch our jargon, which we don't even realize as healthcare providers. We'll use acronyms and words that are lost on the patient and their families. And again, if I don't trust, I may not stop and say, oh, wait a minute. What do you mean by that? Explain that to me. So, and we have to watch both in communication, our verbals and our nonverbals. How are we presenting ourselves? So communicating, actively listening. And the third piece is being collaborative on decisions. The time is gone when physicians come in and just give directives of this is what you need to do. This is what's going to happen. This is what we're going to do next. Third, That's gone. This is about collaborating with patients. What do they want to achieve? What's their goal? What do they want to get out of this visit, this interaction, this hospital stay? Um, sometimes it's the small things, honestly, Casey. You know, I, as a patient, have sat in exam rooms waiting 15, 20 minutes for a provider to come to me. Well, why don't we use that time? 
why is there not like a whiteboard in that exam room where I get as a patient to write down, here are my questions, here are my concerns, here's what I want to get out of this visit. And when that physician walks in the room, we can talk about what I've written on that board. Why aren't we leveraging our time with our patients? And explore one more thing, Casey, explain the why. When you as a provider are making recommendations when it comes to treatment, explain the why behind it. Um, more and more patients want to know, why are you recommending this? Why is, the why is this the best treatment or this the best test? So don't forget the why. Makes total sense. Let's talk about involving the families of patients mm. in the healthcare process. Um, can this improve the patient experience? Oh my gosh, yes. And this is a, a care model that's titled patient family-centered care. It's not just patient care or patient-centered, it's patient family care. This is involving the family and the patient together. This increases the likelihood that as a patient, I am going to be compliant because I've had a say. It's about being collaborative. What are the goals for me as a patient and for my family members? What Again, what do I want to get out of this visit or this hospital stay? Maybe it's just I want to have the energy to walk to the mailbox. I want to have the physical stamina to play with my grandkids. It might not be that I want my health back the way it was when I was 30. It's about what is it that that patient and family, what do they want to achieve? that's optimal for the patient as well as reasonable. And so it's about the provider setting aside their own expectations and their own desires for the patient and including the patient and family. So it increases compliance, it increases the health outcomes, it increases patient and family satisfaction, and believe it or not, it increases physician and clinical staff satisfaction. So when I said earlier that a lack of trust leads to physician burnout, when you include the patient and family in this collaborative medical decision-making and treatment plans, it increases everyone's experience and satisfaction. That is truly important. So as we work towards wrapping up, I want to get any other final thoughts. Let's talk anything else about creating a welcoming and comfortable environment for patients that we haven't mentioned yet. Anything else you wanted to add to that? Well, I think there's a good synopsis and the Healthcare Experience Foundation has created a model called CARES, C-A-R-E-S. And I think it takes everything that you and I've talked about and puts it into, again, a nice model that you can apply. You can apply today. Um, and that sees about confidence. So remember when I said, how do you establish trust, make that eye contact, open, ask open-ended questions? Research has shown that when I interact with someone, their confidence in me is built or broken in seven seconds. Seven seconds. So when we walk in and have that interaction with a patient, we have got to be present and mindful to help build their confidence. Again, make that eye contact. Don't be glued to my computer or be concentrating on the task. So it's about confidence. The A in the CARES model is about anticipating needs. If I were in their shoes, what would I want to have happen? How would I want my provider to interact with me? How would I want my provider to include my family? So anticipating those needs. R is for that respectful communication. 
again, open-ended questions, um, having the discussion, pulling people into the collaborative medical decisions, communicate often and communicate well. And the E is about engaging in the process, engage patient family, patient family centered care. And the S in CARES is about saying thank you and or a safe transition. So it's about thanking the patient, the family member for allowing you to be part of their lives, for allowing you to be in this space where they are most vulnerable. The safe transition for the inpatient setting, how am I transitioning between shifts? How am I transitioning between departments? It's about letting that patient know that the next staff member, oh my gosh, they are so good that this is what's going to happen today in the next handoff, in the next transition. So CARES, it's that confidence, anticipating needs, respectful communication, engage in the process and say thank you or that safe transition. Well, that about wraps it up as far as I can tell, but was there anything else we missed that you wanted to touch on? I just wanted to say thanks, if I can, Casey, um, to everyone who's viewing this and for what you do in healthcare. Um, You truly are heroes and warriors. And I know it's been difficult and trying lately and that patients, families, and even ourselves can be a little irritable, impatient, or my words, snarky. And I, I understand and appreciate the graciousness and compassion that you show to everyone that you interact with, especially the patients and families. Thank you. I couldn't have said that any better. Our guest today, Katrina Coleman, she is a leadership and engagement strategist with Maryland Healthcare Education Institute. She has been a really valued contributor to this podcast over the years and super excited to have her back on. Thank you again for your time today, Katrina. You're welcome. Thank you, Casey. Thank you for listening to today's episode of Healthcare Experience Matters. Healthcare Experience Matters is brought to you by the Healthcare Experience Foundation with today's episode teaming with PRC. To learn more, visit healthcareexperience.org. That's healthcareexperience.org.